Father, we ask that you would just come and pour out your Holy Spirit. I ask that you'd give me your words. I thank you, God, for your great love. I thank you, Lord. And I just pray that you just pour out in this next few minutes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 I did mean the first prayer. <laughs> wow. We had that, that prophetic word from Charlie Champ. Remember that? Good night. He really hit that thing. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's crazy. Amen. You know, he, the Lord could have just made a point by just saying it. All right. I, I think we're going to just jump right into the scripture here. Uh, it is Palm Sunday, and appreciate Jake uh, alluding to that. It's, it's a big deal. Next, next Sunday is what? Easter. Easter Sunday. So I'd like you to invite someone that you know that is not in a church, and let's, uh, let's see God touch them. Can we do that? Just say amen. 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 That's right. I'd like the church so full that we have to put people upstairs. We'll put them in the aisle. We'll stack them in the corner. Parking? Well, they can ride with you. Um, I want to read a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to share some testimonies. So Mark eleven twenty four. If you'd flip in your Bibles, go to Mark 11, 24. It's good to be in church. Are you there? Mark 11, 24. I'm going to unpack some things today, and, and we'll see how far I get. But I have some points I want to give you to help you come up to another level. Mark eleven twenty four. it says, Therefore I say to you that whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will what? Now, this is the creator of the world. The Bible says that Jesus created all things, didn't it? All things that were made were made through him and nothing that was made, that wasn't made was, you know, that whole thing. It's a tongue twister. But it says that Jesus Christ made everything. And then it says here, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, what do we have to do if we need something? We need to learn how to ask Him. And then believe that you receive them and you will have them. It's a very loaded statement, though. To actually have faith, faith actually ignites inside of you. There's something that wakes up. Another scripture, some people debate on what it actually means. It says, have faith in God. Another translation, so I looked it up in the Greek, and it actually says, have the faith of God. When you were saved, God took some faith and he actually put it inside of you. The same faith that he used to create, to create the whole world. He put inside of you, and he said, I want you to learn how to use this. 
So it'll help you, but it'll bring glory to Jesus Christ. Whatever. Say whatever. whatever. Let's try that again. Whatever. whatever. You ever limit God? <laughs> I prayed for a lady one time, and uh, she had some ailment, and, and God had touched a number of people, and I got to her, and she said, well, I have this issue, but she said, I was thinking that there are people that need a touch of God far more than I do. I said, okay. So I went on to the next person. I prayed for her, but I had to convince her that God had enough healing ability to touch her and the next person. Amen? James 1, 6, and 7, it says this, but let him ask in faith, say faith. faith. See, the same thing, ask in faith, not wavering. Say not wavering. not wavering. So we are to ask in faith and not to waver. Have you ever asked and wavered? I just kind of like abandoned myself in that area. I've kind of like given up that thing of trying to figure out how he's going to do it and just accept the fact that he will do it. He says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For they that wavereth are like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let, now listen to this, this is really powerful. If you're praying for a breakthrough or you're praying to, to start a business or you're praying for something to happen in your life, the Lord is so good that he gives us uh, he gives us the Word of God to open up our understanding so we can understand how the things of the Spirit actually work. Amen? He says, but let them ask in faith, nothing wavering, for they that waver are like the waves of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. We had some wind last night. Looked up, my trash can was going down the road a little bit. For let not those who waver think they shall receive anything from the Lord. I want to repeat this again. For let not those, now this is a real key, if you're praying for a breakthrough, let not those who waver think they shall receive anything from the Lord. Are you getting that in your heart? Sometimes you have to get some grit when you pray. You have to get some grit in your soul. When everybody's laughing at you, you're standing in faith, and then when the breakthrough comes, you're able to give great glory to God. Amen? Now, on the inside, sometimes we, you know, we kind of get a little nervous. You ever been there? But it's like, no, I'm going to trust God. No, I'm going to trust God. You ever notice that when you say, hey, I'm going to trust God on this, it's like the wind and the waves are unleashed on you? You ever been there? No, I'm going to trust God on this. He told me to buy this business. I'm going to do it. And it's like, you know, this don't work and that don't work. And, 
and some guy calls you and says, hey, are you crazy, the economy and COVID? and You know what I'm saying? The wind and the waves, the wind out of people's mouths, the wind and the waves. But you have to get that grit in your soul and say, no, I'm going to trust God. He saved my soul. The word of God is true. And I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. And then I'm going to give a testimony and share it with everyone I know. Say amen. amen. The wind and the waves are a demonic tool to captivate you, to pull your affection away from the Lord, and to abandon your faith before you see it come to pass. We've seen that with healing so many times. So many times, you know, you, you, you're praying, you're fasting, you, you go to pray for someone, and they seem to get worse. You ever been there? I love it when they get better, and we've seen that many, many, hundreds of times. Uh, but sometimes it's like the devil will rear, rear up, and he will try to get you captivated by what you see and what you feel instead of what the Word says. For let not those who waver, say waver, think they'll receive anything from the Lord. I want you to get this in your soul. Some of you are praying for some breakthrough in your life. So we had some, some great things that happened this last week or so. Uh, Pastor Marco called me again, and uh, he, he shared some more testimonies from Mexico. That was really exciting. Um, we had a number of healings and things that happened down there. Uh, I remember the, the one night uh, Pastor Jake got up to preach and gave some words of knowledge. Um, I think there was two ladies that got healed with eyes that night. There was one for sure he called out. I think there was two. <clears throat> And then they prayed with faith, and God did a miracle. That's interesting. We go down there as the guest speakers, so then their faith is high because we must be truly anointed of God because we don't live there. We're the guests. You know what I mean? So people, when the guest comes, they must be like Jesus. I mean, you know what I mean? So their faith is ready to receive. So, uh, yeah, he shared some more testimonies. I'd like to get him up here sometime. That would be great. That'd be great. He's a, he's a wonderful man of God. Uh, last weekend, I was down in um, Texas, and there was a, a, a great church down there. It's called Living Waters, and uh, it's right out of Dallas, a little ways. And um, we went down, and I didn't know what to expect, except for... Um, can I just share what happened? You guys can think some of this stuff is crazy, but uh, I want you to know that Jesus is alive. Amen. So I'm, I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is a big deal to them. It's their annual conference, and they want me to speak a word that's going to be fitting to help them. So I've been praying and praying, and I'm in my office. Pastor Jake comes in. He sits in my office, and he's going through some things that we need to purchase and uh, some other things that we're doing. And and as he's talking to me, I kind of like fog out and I go into a vivid vision of this church. There I am in this vision. I'm on their platform. I'm looking out. This is as he's talking to me. 
I'm standing on the platform, and I'm looking at the chairs. There's a song playing behind me. Now, I can see the instruments. I can see the floor. I can see the ceiling. And it actually looked the same way. The only thing that was different was I seen three sections of chairs, and there was only two. I didn't understand that, but they were the same chairs and everything. So maybe, I don't know. So I'd say that that's pretty close. There's a song playing behind me that is uh, Roy Fields, and the song is Rain Down. Rain Down. I look out, and the people are wearing rain ponchos. And it says, prepare for rain. So what do you think God wanted to do in that meeting? They wanted to have an outpouring. So I changed my strategy, my thought, and we're, thought we're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to move. So it was a wonderful time. Uh, they were really hungry. I'm the guest speaker, so somehow they think I have more faith than them. So you know what I mean? Isn't that funny? So uh, we start uh, ministering, and, and I get done, and then I come down around the altar to pray for people. And we went till it was pretty late at night, but we had a, a large number of deliverances and healings in that meeting. Jesus is alive, amen? So, I mean, it was really late. People wouldn't leave, and we finally got home. I got to sleep that night about 2-something in the morning, maybe 3. Next day, uh, same thing. We uh, uh, did the worship and everything, really great uh, worship team. They were from San Antonio that came up for this beautiful anointing. Uh, the Lord starts moving again, and uh, here's a, a fun testimony that happened. So uh, there were some people that were visiting the church that don't support those kinds of things. They didn't tell me this, so I would have been very careful. So I went to lay hands on them. They came forward for prayer, and when I just simply put my hand on them, they began to shake, and they fell into the chairs, and they made a mess. Nobody told me. So the one that I prayed for, uh, the presence of God came on them. He was actually uh, a deacon, and the presence of God fell on him. He shook, and God touched his body, and he was just very broken before the Lord. How many know that Jesus can touch people? So this was a fun one. Somebody caught the video of this, and later, after the meeting, we got done at, I think it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, later afterwards, they went to the hospital the pastor and this guy that got prayed for, his friend was in the hospital with a heart issue. And he's in the ICU. And he told his friend, he said, I went to this meeting with this pastor here. We had a guest speaker, whatever. And God moved and he played him that video. And he shows him shaking and falling into the chairs. And, and he got really, if I remember right, got really hot. Anyways, God touched his body. And he told him about this. So he played the video to the guy. You guys ready for this? He just simply played the video for the guy. The power of God falls on him. He's shaking in the bed. He's making all kinds of noise. He gets as hot as can be. And the pastor called me. He said, I don't know. That was the craziest thing. He said, I think the guy's completely healed. From a video. How many know that Jesus is alive? See? Your faith is already coming up just by hearing these stories, isn't it? Isn't that something? Yeah. 
But he that wavereth isn't going to receive anything. So we need to stir our faith up. Our community needs to have people that have faith in Jesus. Say amen. amen. It was fun. So it was a long weekend, uh, almost no sleep. I mean, it was, but it was great. I love the pastor and his wife and the associate and his, and his wife. They're beautiful people. And uh, very thankful for that opportunity to go there. So I get all done. They drive me to Dallas airport. I get on the plane, and I have a fantasy of falling asleep. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, my seat next to me is open. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord. And I'm going to put my headbuds in, my earbuds in, and, and I'm going to drift off into sleepy land. And just for a second, I look up, and I see this lady coming at me. And she goes like this. She goes. So I go. She goes. I said, can I help you? She said, I'm sitting next to you. And I thought, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and she proceeded to dump out all her problems that she's ever had since she was born, uh, counseled her for two and a half hours. But here's the thing, we prayed together and God touched her. Amen? I slept when I got home. First Kings 19. I'd like you to go there real quick. First Kings 19. People need to know that Jesus is alive. Some people get nervous when you tell stories like that. They'll go, oh, this is becoming too real. We need to know, the community needs to know that Jesus is alive. How many believe in God? I mean, you really do. How many know that it's good to do the right thing? I mean, you really know it's the right thing. I mean, it's, it's the right thing to do to do the right thing. I, w- I want to challenge you to do something then. I'm going to challenge you. You guys here? You listening? Tuesday, we have something coming up. And it's a pretty big deal in our state. Say Tuesday. Tuesday. God is going to give you an opportunity to make a difference. Thank you. So I don't know if you have to walk there, if you have to crawl there, if you have to drive there, hire an Uber driver, but I'd like everyone in the church and those that are listening online, I'd like you to go and vote and make your voice heard. This election is a big deal. This election is a really big deal. So I'd like you to to take this week, remember, on Tuesday, and go down and get your friends and let's vote, and let's vote Bible, amen? Let's vote for some morality in our nation, amen? It's a big deal. Uh, We're voting in uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and uh, they have a tremendous amount of power. And if you don't do your part, 
then don't complain. Amen? We need to do our part. So I think that's a good word. All right, 1 Kings 19.3. Now, here it is. Uh, Elijah, you remember this story? I don't have time to go through the whole story. But here he is. He's a man on fire. Oof. If you met him, he'd make you nervous to sit next to him. Oh, God can do that. Oh, yeah, God can do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's God. God can do that. I mean, if you picture Elijah, he's probably like a big, burly, I mean, probably very obstinate in the things of God, like, no, God will do that. You know what I'm saying? He's a bulldog in the spirit. And the, and the Lord says to him, go up and face the, the priests of, of Baal. You remember this whole thing? So he's like, no problem. He goes up, faces them, calls down fire. Uh, the priests of Baal, you know, th that whole thing, takes him on. The man called fire down. The man called fire down. I like to be around people that know how to pray like that. Call some fire down. Some people know how to get a hold of God. And some of us are like, oh, yeah, whatever. If it's God's will, it'll happen. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. He put tools in your hands. Amen? To do warfare until the tide turns. It's the church. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Who did he give the keys to? You and I, the church. The tide in America is turned because the church took authority. Say keys to the kingdom. That's right. He gave us the keys to the kingdom to, to learn how to pray, do warfare, to, to speak the word of God in the community, to love people to Jesus. All right. So Elijah goes and he faces the, the, the priests of Baal. We have that showdown. The fire comes down, licks up the offering. All those things happen. Wild. And then Jezebel speaks a word because she's irritated. And she says, basically, that uh, she's going to stop Elijah and she's going to put him to death. Now, that word had such tremendous power when that messenger came to him and told him what she said. Something happened inside of a man of God. You're, I mean, you can be confident. You can be full of faith. You've just seen a miracle. You've seen these things happen. You took on the priests of Baal. Fire came down. And one negative report can cause you to lose faith and run into the wilderness. A bad report. A bank that says no. Are we limited by a bank? One bad report sends Elijah into the wilderness, the man of God. You guys okay? Sends him in the wilderness. He's freaking out. He goes and he hides. 
And all through that story, the Lord keeps saying to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? What are you doing? He wants him to get back to himself, to shake off that bad report. And he goes through this series of events, and then an angel begins to take care of him and feed him. The ravens bring him food. All this, so there's a time that he has to be ministered to to get back his senses. And then finally, we, we know he has that encounter with God on the mountain, and, 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 and it's finally faith is becoming, is, is being restored in him, and he gets his footing again. And now finally, he's back to himself. He has faith in God, and he's going to finish his course. There's some key elements here that need to happen in us to return to faith at times. I, I like this story in Mark 4 or Matthew 8. talks about Jesus in the, the boat with the disciples. You remember this story? I think a lot of you know this. In, in Matthew 8, if you read through there, there's a tremendous amount of healings that happen. Miracles, signs and wonders, a lot of things happen in Matthew 8. And then finally you get to this story where Jesus is in the boat and he's tired and uh, he has his earbuds in and he's laying down in the boat. He's ministered late. He said, let us go to the other side. Goes in, takes a, a cushion, puts his head on it, and he's just going to go to sleep. And then he's out. Here he is sleeping, and they're out there rowing, and the winds and the wave come, and it's a tyrant. The wind and the waves are coming. You know, sometimes that's what it is. Elijah it was a word from Jezebel. And for some of us, it's just life in general. You think you got it all con under control, and then something happens where your, your kid goes through a trial. You lose your job. And you're like, well, I'm a man of faith, but what happened? And we can allow something to get in our minds and in our hearts, and it causes us to lose faith in God. You ever been there? What am I going to do? And you can have God faithfully supply your needs, multiply food, heal people. You watched miracles your whole life, and then you get to hear, and that voice of Jezebel through your trial causes you to think God is going to let you go, and you're on your own. God, I've been faithful my whole life, and now you're going to just let me go? So Jesus is in the boat sleeping. He's got he has his head on a pillow. And uh, as one man said, how come he wasn't rowing? I don't know. <laughs> he has his head on the pillow. He's just sleeping. Storm, wild storm. The storm didn't wake him up, which is beautiful. The storm didn't wake him up. He had no fear. He knew that he had a mission to accomplish. 
One of the things, one of the keys to faith is to know your purpose. I can't, I can't die until I've fulfilled my purpose with God. Amen? I've got stuff to do. I'm on a plane and the plane starts getting a little crazy. I'm not done yet. This plane can't crash. Does that sound stupid? It's true. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. So he's sleeping. He knows they're going to get there. And they're, when it, the Bible says when they got to the other side, they ministered to two men that needed him. So Jesus is sleeping in the boat, crazy wild storm, wild storm, really bad storm, bad enough where seasoned fishermen think they're actually going to die. The Bible says that water was coming into the boat. You ever have your mind go to a dark place? You ever had that happen? Where your mind just goes to a dark place? This, this sense of impending doom. I'm not going to enter into a relationship with someone because it'll only fall apart and I'll get hurt. I'm not going to step up and start my own business because I know it'll just fall apart. I'll hurt myself and others. This thing of impending doom can get inside of you. Angst, fear, dread, trepidation, foreboding, uneasiness. Say foreboding. There's a spirit out there called a foreboding spirit that can get a hold of you. It can get inside of you. Foreboding means this whole thing of impending doom. Elijah, there he is, man of God. He's encountered many miracles. And then one word allowed this thing to get inside of him. And now he's going to die. And he's the only one left on the earth as far as the only man of God, the only prophet left. And God rebukes him, says there's 7,000 others. What's your deal, Elijah? <laughs> See how that, that thing can come and it can minister to you? Can get on the inside of you? Begin to take your joy? It can begin to take and steal you, your faith, your confidence, your peace? That thing can come and whisper something to you about your children, and you can be so riddled with anxiety, you can break out with, you know, on your face and your life, your nerves, you start to drink heavy, you're trying to ease this voice of the foreboding spirit. You know what I'm saying? So here's what Jesus does, he's in this thing. And he's our example. He's God in the flesh, but he's also our example of the overcoming lifestyle. He was so confident and he knew who he was. The Bible says the, that the angels were to be in charge over him, that lest he dash his foot against the stone. He knows that his, he's covered. 
There he is sleeping in the boat. The disciples start to wake him and shake him. And, and uh, I love the fact that when they shook him and woke him, he did not react and join in their terror. He didn't enter into their foreboding. He didn't do that. I'm telling you, when COVID hit, people were so trying to convince me that life was over, the church was over, and I needed to join forces with them, step into their foreboding. They're talking to me. They're kind of crying. Everything's over. The Lord's like, if you bite, take a bite of that sandwich. You know what I'm saying? This foreboding thing can get a hold of you. It can get a hold of you. All right. Say foreboding. Foreboding. You guys okay? You're walking with me here? And Jesus, as the Bible says, that he gets up. He gets up. I'm missing something. All right. Jesus gets up, and what does he do? He gets up, and what does he do? Here's a key. What does he do? What? All right. Instead of the storm getting in him, he gets up and takes authority over the storm. We need to speak truth over a storm. Amen? We need to speak truth over the storm. We need to speak truth over the storm. Say that. Speak truth truth. over the storm. storm. He gets up. He rebukes the storm, the wind and the waves. And what happens? When did it stop? The Bible says there, look in your Bible. It says immediately. What does it say? Suddenly. A lot of different translations. Suddenly, immediately. What? What is it saying, though? So when Jesus took faith, he took authority over the storm, what happened? It stopped. All right. I like this. Then the disciples, depending on the translation and version you read, now they're, like, terrified. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this? And then Jesus says a nice, kind word to them. What does he say to them? He says, where was your faith? The point is this, is Jesus was saying when he said, where is your faith or where was your faith? He's saying that you had inside of you what it took to calm the storm. You had inside of you what it took to calm the storm. You guys okay? Who, who is your master? Who are we serving? Who are we serving? Are we save, serving the Lord? Faith in God equals peace. There's a lot of people that need peace today. 
The lady on the, in the airplane that I was with, she didn't have much peace. She left the Lord. She was a Christian when she was young. And uh, she went through some struggles, some things she told me about. And it was just amazing how she just, you know, through the orchestration of God, we were able to get to the root of some of those things in a few minutes, prayed together, and she left going back home in peace. I hate that foreboding spirit. I think we should rebuke that now. What do you think? I'd like you to close your eyes for a second. Lord, you didn't destine us to walk in a foreboding atmosphere, impending doom. Lord, you gave us great scriptures like, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that foreboding spirit off of this church, off of the people's lives, and for those that are watching online, we take authority over that foreboding spirit. In Jesus' name, we command that to leave. And we speak the peace of God and the shalom of God over your life. Amen? I'd like you to, to, to put your hand on your chest and say, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. God, is God is blessing my relationships. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. God, is God is blessing my finances. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. God, is my God is blessing my personal ministry. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Doesn't that feel good? Now that's the truth. Faith in God equals peace. Jesus was demonstrating that in the ship, in the boat. I like this quote by Bill Johnson. I've said this before, but it says, Many Christians feed themselves on what they think God isn't doing and become discouraged. A key to faith is, is to focus on being grateful for what God has done while contending for new breakthroughs. Isn't that good? I want to give you a couple more scriptures here. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, we did this one, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe and you will receive them. But you have to get back into faith. You know what I'm saying? It's not just positive thinking. Faith is actually supernatural. Faith has to be awakened. You go to a conference, you see God do things, you feel the presence of God, you leave, your faith is super high, you're praying for things and things are happening. It's because your faith has come alive. Faith is not natural. Faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not just confidence. Faith is supernatural, and God put faith inside of you, but it has to be awakened. 
James 1, 6 and 7. I read this before, but I want to repeat it again. But let them ask in faith, nothing wavering, for they that waver is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not those who waver think they'll receive anything from the Lord. But the opposite is true. Those that have confident faith in God are going to see a breakthrough. How many need a breakthrough? Come on. Just say amen. Come on. That's good. Come on, shake the junk off, you know? One of the things I've learned is when you pray for people, like you pray for the sick, actually pray believing the word of God that when you pray for them, God is actually going to touch them and heal them. When somebody has a need in their, in their life and they say, hey, can you pray for me about this? Don't do this. Well, God, oh, if it's in your mercy somehow, you need to get away from that guy and find uh, Elaine Dwyer and say, pray for me. Shaka Baba. Four ways that faith comes. I want you to write these down. Four ways that they come. It's really important. If we're going to win our city to Christ, we're going to do it through faith in God. Amen? Amen. He's going to give us the words to say. He's going to give us the boldness. We're going to have raw faith, and we're going to do this thing. Four ways that faith comes. Number one is instruction. Say instruction. That means read the Bible. How many know that the Bible is the Word of God? By reading the Bible and the stories, I was going through many passages this morning, and then I put the, I put the Bible on, on um, uh, Bible.com or whatever, you version. You ever use that? And you just let it play. You're working on things. You're cleaning the garage. Just let it play. The stories in there start to give you faith. It brings encouragement, little nuggets, Little things, the Lord will grab a hold of your heart and it'll open up faith so you can believe Him for big things. In the Bible, it, 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 so number one is instruction. Say instruction. instruction. So reading the Bible is going to open your faith. The Bible itself is a supernatural book. The Bible says that he, God moved upon mighty men of old. He breathed. He, he, they wrote the, the Scripture through the Holy Spirit. It was a spiritual process. This book is God's Word, and it releases faith in your heart when you read it. It's important. Read it every day. Remember that old song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 Right? People come and they I don't have any faith, Pastor. God never does anything in my life. Like, do you read your Bible? No. Do you pray? No. I notice you only go to church once every seven years. <laughs> See, we got to do things that bring an increase in our faith. Look at the guys that go to the gym. They look like they go to the gym. Just because you have a gym bag in your back seat doesn't mean you're going to get strong. Right? 
but I picked out a mighty nice gym bag. We need to get the Word of God planted in our heart. First John, it says, talked about strong people. It says you're strong in the Lord because the Word of God abides in you and you can overcome the wicked one. They were so pregnant with the Word of God that when a storm came, it was like no problem. They overcame the wicked one because they were pregnant with the Word of God. They were so full of truth and full of stories from the Bible and so full of the word that there was no competition to the storm. It's not like you can have a storm come, so then you need to have you know, equal faith with the storm. No, you have, it, it, we need to have overwhelming faith. When you have faith, you look at a storm and you say, it's a real storm but it's in no competition to who God is. I don't know how we're going to get through this, but we will, and God will have a testimony at the end. Instruction. Say instruction. instruction. Number two is inspiration. Say inspiration. inspiration. The Bible says that there is a type of uh, inspiration that can come through reading the Bible and through prayer and hearing from God. It's called rhema. Say rhema. rhema. A rhema word will have faith contained inside of it. So inspiration can bring faith. Jake, Pastor Jake tells me a story of something God did in his life, how God came through. Faith fills me for the same thing in my life. I played, uh, they played that video of that guy getting touched in the meeting, played it in the hospital. It was pregnant with rhema. It caused the man to have the same encounter, and God touched him. It's a rhema encounter. Say rhema. rhema. So we can have faith comes through instruction, through the word, and through inspiration. If, if you need a healing in your body, read the stories in the Bible of healing and put yourself in those stories. Amen? The other thing you can do too is find books like Smith Wigglesworth and other ones that that was common. Read it until their, their faith becomes your faith. Amen? Inspiration will build your faith. It'll cause it to wake up. Number three is the gift of faith. That's 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of faith Say the gift of faith. That's where if you have the gift of faith, that when you're in a situation that needs a large amount of faith, the, the gift of faith will fall upon you or someone in the church for that situation, then it'll, it, it'll, it'll come alive, and then it's, it feels like it's gone. The gift is still there, but that faith will come alive. So you can actually have a gift of faith. How many want the gift of faith? The Bible says you can pursue the greater gifts. So if I were you, I'd put your hand up right now, and I'd say, Lord, give me the gift of faith. The last type is called impartation. So we have instruction, inspiration, the gift of faith, and then impartation. What is impartation? Impartation comes through spending time that ha with people that are strong in an area. 
You want to flow in healing, get around people that flow in healing. If you want to have a, a biblical wisdom, get around people that have biblical wisdom. There's an impartation that begins to happen. And the Bible also talks about the laying on of hands. Paul said that I might come and impart a spiritual gift to you. In Timothy, it actually talks about that, that transference that can happen through the laying on of hands. There's something powerful when the body of Christ, when somebody's lacking faith and you're going through a hard thing in your life, when the body of Christ comes, lays hands on that person and starts praying and believing and releasing their faith, your faith will begin to elevate. Say impartation. The laying on of hands from one to another. Body ministry. How many need a touch from God today? Amen. All right. Do that again. Raise your hand. I'd like somebody to put your hand on them. Go ahead. Let's do that real quick. Come on. Let's not be afraid. There we go. Thank you. Amen. Got a hand here. All right, Father, we pray. Come on. You guys just pray for them. Lord, we pray for an impartation of faith, God. A sense, Lord, we take authority over foreboding. Lord, we take authority over those things, and we pray for impartation of faith, that they can believe for what they need, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray for that, Lord, that they will come out of this thing. You're going to put a confidence in them that they're going to rise above this thing now. We rebuke that storm in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's right. Amen. God's not going to fail you. God's not going to fail you. All right, we need to get out of here. There's people are getting hungry. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get sensitive to the Holy Spirit here. I sense some people are hungry and you're, you're dreaming of, even though it's still cold out, you're dreaming of brats and sauerkraut. You know, I didn't used to like sauerkraut. For years, somebody challenged me to try some. I, I have like this new thing in life now. Brats and sauerkraut. Oh, shakaba. It's, it's like the goodness of God on a bun, you know what I mean? All right, we need to get out of here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to machine gun some things out here real quick. We need to get out of here. Hebrews 11.6 says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, say rewarder, of them that diligently seek him. So a key here is to diligently seek him. Matthew 18.19 says this, if two of you agree, which we just did, so have some faith. You just had godly people pray for you. I'd like you to say this, my storm is over. My storm is over. Woo! If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's what we just did. Is the Bible true? That's it. 
Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. That's a good one. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence, say confidence. Confidence, confidence not foreboding, confidence. And say this, my life is in his hands. Come on. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. All right. So, Father, whatever it is, Lord, we trust you. We have confidence today. So you're going to take care of our future. You're going to take care of our children. You're going to take care of our finances. You're going to give us a way where there seems to be no way. In Jesus' name. We're not going to listen to that foreboding spirit when it comes to health, finances, future, destiny, relationships. Amen? That thing's a liar. And there's one that we're going to celebrate next week for Easter that came, died, rose again, poured out the Holy Spirit, gave us precious promises that we can have inside of us to live an overcoming life. Let's stand up. Whew. Did you get anything out of this? We need to release the men and women of God into the community. Amen? That's it. This isn't no game. He's the way, the truth, and the life.